0: Good morning. I'm doing the Bible reading today, and the first one comes from Luke 2, verse 4 to 12. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find him, a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And the second reading is Hebrews 7, verse 26 to 28. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted from the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the son who has been made perfect forever.
1: Thanks, Laura. Good morning, church. Uh, My name's Peter, for those of you who don't know me, and uh, I'm one of the youth ministers here. We're really lucky here at Fig Tree. Uh, Ruth and I get to share the role of youth minister, so I do three days, and Ruth Barnes does our other three days. In this series, we've been thinking through the Lord's promise to shepherd his people. In Ezekiel 34, we read of a problem, that God's people are without a shepherd. They are lost, scattered, unsure where to go. Kind of sounds like parts of the Anglican Communion today, sadly. You either laugh or you cry at that. Yet, as we read of God's promise, we read, For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. So this series, we've been thinking through this promise and we've been asking how. How does God shepherd his people? And the main way we want to think this through with you is how Jesus shepherds us as our prophet, our priest, and our king. And this morning, the focus is upon the priestly ministry. But uh, when we talk about priests, uh, I I don't know about you, and I I hope this doesn't offend any of our ministers here, but uh, I I get this image uh, pop into my mind. Uh, Isn't he cute? uh, You know, you can just imagine this smiley old mate, happy, maybe a bit of a nerd, like well-meaning, but you know. Uh, And that's one idea we might have about a priest. Uh, The other one is... Uh, we might often only hear that word priest uh, in the media uh, when they talk about significant moral failures or something really controversial or political. So as we come to this morning's message, uh, I just want us to acknowledge that our idea of what a priest is uh, might come with a whole heap of baggage with it. In saying all that, I want to say that for many of us, and my experience, uh, the reason why I'm standing here today is also really positive. I'm a lay minister in the Anglican Church, which is really weird because I remember when I was 15 sitting in the pews over there, and I was just thinking, like, I love God and stuff, but man, when Mum stops forcing me to come to church, I'm really just going to, I don't know, make the Church of Pete or something like that. I don't know, I'm just going to stop this whole thing. Uh, but, but it was my ministers who actually made God accessible to me. They were people who actually made it possible for me to get to know and understand what does it mean to walk with the living and true God. So I I don't know where you're at with your experiences this morning. Uh, We're not really going to focus on the church leadership side of it today. Uh, But my hope and goal for all of us this morning is that we will just be amazed at what God has done through Jesus as our perfect high priest, making a way for us. I'm hoping that that will then shape all of us as His priests. So, so that's my big idea for this morning. Uh, Jesus shepherds us as our priest, so let us shepherd others as their priests. Jesus shepherds us as our priests, so let us shepherd others as their priests. Uh, for those who like an overview, uh, we're going to think through the story of the presence of God in the Bible. And we need to do that to understand, like, Why the heck did God initiate this whole priest thing in the first place? So we're going to do that. Uh, Then we're going to think through Christ's priesthood and then we'll finish thinking through our priesthood. We're going to look at a lot of Bible this morning, uh, and just to help us do this, I've put together a bit of an outline that you might have gotten from uh, the welcomers, uh, and it, you can just use that just to trace along the story of the presence of God. Um, so if you're ever lost and you're like, where are we up to with this? Uh, there should be one of those symbols on the slide, just so you know, okay, here we are. Okay, I'm, I'm still with you, Pete. So with, uh, with that out of the way, uh, let me pray and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of your Son, our great high priest, I just pray this morning you would encourage us and challenge us through your word to live as your priests to our friends, family, and community. Amen. The garden. In the beginning, we walked with God. In the beginning, humanity was in relationship with God, complete, unobstructed, no shame relationship with God. I love that in Genesis 3, we read that in the garden, wherever or whatever that actually was, it was a place of beauty, of joy, of freedom. It met all our needs. And Adam and Eve could even hear the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The point of the verse isn't that God has feet. (laughs) The point is, is that God was walking with humanity and that humanity was walking with God. But you can look at our world now and go, where is God? Where is God's presence? I can't see God. I can't hear God. What's happened? And what happened is something we call the fall. It's probably better understood as a coup or a rebellion. No, nobody fell, as far as I'm aware. I, I don't think and Eve fell as they climbed the tree, or I don't know, the details on the story probably deserve it. Anyway, we won't get into that. But what, what happened was uh, we decided that we wanted to be God, And so we walked away from God. We were like a toy soldier deciding that we wanted to be the engineer of the factory and we stuffed up the factory. We broke it. And just just like a factory maker could have gone, well, it's broken, let's just start from scratch, that's usually easier, God could have finished us. But in his mercy, he loved us and he did not want to end us. Instead, we read, God banished us, or literally sent us out. We read, the Lord God banished, or that word is sent them out, uh, from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which they'd been taken. After he drove them out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to life, to the tree of life what the heck is going on here? Flaming swords, banishment, cherubim. Like, I don't know about you, but I think Michelangelo has a lot to answer for for Christian theology because when I hear that word cherubim, I'm just imagining these cute little baby bottom angels, you know, which is, it's not at all the biblical picture of these terrifying angelic beings who are meant to be a representation of just a fraction of God's power. We might have a thousand questions about that passage. I'd love to talk about them. But but at its heart, we need to know that the same Lord who sends out is the same Lord who calls back. The same Lord who puts the barrier of the flaming sword between himself and us is the same Lord who breaks that flaming barrier down, who crosses that barrier for us. I'm going to let you wrestle with that passage more in your own time, but the rest of human history is God just progressively revealing how how he is going to sort out this problem, how he can bring us back, uh, how he can get through this wall of fire without being destroyed. And so we come to one of the most important things God teaches us about his presence, is that God's presence for God's people is made possible through priests. God's presence for God's people he makes possible through priests. A priest is someone who is able to bridge the divide between God and humans. Someone who is allowed to cross the barrier into holy space. Uh, Essentially, someone who is allowed back into Eden, who can be a bridge between human beings and God and not get burned. Who is able to make a way through the flames so that we can follow. And God reveals that the way a priest does this is by paying the price of the flames. We read in Leviticus, he literally sets up a flaming altar upon which the priest offers an animal sacrifice, Uh, not because animals were worthless, but because of their immense value. And we read in this way, through this act, the priest will make atonement for the community and they will be forgiven. And we just cannot underestimate just just how important this piece of god 's revelation is. What it means is that a priest is able to is allowed by God to pay the price of sin on behalf of the community. The priest will offer a sacrifice to take that flaming sword so that the community can be at onement with God, at one with God back in his presence. The priest goes first before the people he does that to solve the danger and then the people can follow and the the incredible result of this that we see in leviticus is god says i will walk among you and be your god and you will be my people in the old testament there is this partial fulfillment of god once again being amongst his people And once again, it's not about literal God feet when we read about God walking. It's about God establishing his place or his dwelling, what was called a tabernacle, that tent in the picture, amongst his people. But we know this still isn't quite right because the system doesn't quite make sense yet because God says, well, actually, even the priests who approach the Lord must consecrate themselves or the Lord will break out against them. Even the priests need a sacrifice. Even the priests need to be washed clean, need to be made right before God. And so as you read this, you can think, like, hang on, like, how how can this guy do this? (laughs) Like, isn't he in the same boat as all the other people? It's kind of like, how can you even begin to approach God to be forgiven, to, to be washed clean, when you already need to be forgiven? You already need to be right with God to even approach him. I'm going to try an analogy here that I didn't try with 8am, but let, let's try this. Does anybody game here? Or I don't, I don't know if it, Maybe it's just 6pm. Surely gamers, surely. World of Warcrafters, surely. There's Gen X somewhere here that like might have been on it. Anyway, uh, the, the, the point is, is that there is this problem in gaming where when you get like um, up to a certain level, you get particular gear, and you're like, yes, I've got like good gear. But to get to that next level, you need to go into a dungeon or a raid, okay? And to get into that raid... Sometimes, what happens is you already need the gear to get in the raid it 's a terrible paradox, and what you need is a carry, which somebody helps you get it anyway so that 's the metaphor there 's lots of Bible in there, but the point is is that the point is is that this shouldn 't be able to happen you shouldn 't be able to be approaching God to ask forgiveness on behalf of other people when you already need to be forgiven and that 's where we read of god 's perfect priest prophesied, and that 's the alliteration tick. Uh, And and so we we read in 1 Samuel, we read, the priesthood is in a real mess. (laughs) So maybe we shouldn't be surprised about um, things we hear today, but God God knows this, yeah? God, God knows this priestly system he is using to teach his people about holiness, about sin, about character, about what it takes to be in the presence of God. God knows this system is not perfect, and so we read God say... I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his priestly house. And so we meet the Christ. We meet someone first in a manger, a child, a human. Yet more than human, we read the angels say, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The Lord Himself has arrived to shepherd His people. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Jesus arrives to solve the problem of the faulty priesthood by firstly. Being God Himself, and solving that that core problem of God's presence away from His people, He solves that by being God amongst us. He solves it by stepping down from His right to be above creation, but to be over creation by entering into creation. And I know this quote is so well quoted, but I just think we need to reflect on it every single year. Uh, It's just by G.K. Chesterton; he's just put it better than anyone when. Talking about the Incarnation, he says, the hands that made the sun and the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. The hands that made the sun and the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. He goes on to say, upon this paradox, we might say almost, almost in jest, almost as a joke, all our faith is founded. All our faith is founded on this. What makes Christianity so unique, so unique compared to other religions, is that we preach that God reached out to us rather than us reaching out to God. God came to us rather than us going to God. In the manger, God's presence is restored amongst his people. But Jesus doesn't just restore God's presence. He actually makes it possible to be in God's presence by solving the barrier problem. He doesn't just cross over the flames, he extinguishes them. We read in Hebrews 7 that Jesus is our great high priest. Such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself on the cross. That's a whole sermon there, isn't it? It's just, let's just try and like meditate on this, that Christ's priesthood truly meets our need. Christ's priesthood truly meets our need. I don't know if Jesus as priest is how you really think about him or how you think about Jesus or Christ or Christianity, but we read that because of this wonderful role that he takes on, he truly meets our need. And he can do this perfectly because he is the one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. This is our great high priest, Jesus the Christ, who makes walking with God possible and who makes it possible for us to once again live in God's presence, both now and for eternity. So what do we do with this? Let's think about our priesthood. 1 Peter says, you church are to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. You church are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light? One Peter is saying to all the members of Fig Tree, to all the members of our church, he is saying to all of us, You are priests. Whether we recognize that or not, we are priests. Not in the same way as Jesus, not in the same way as the Old Testament priests, not even in the same way as one Timothy might talk about the threefold office, but we are priests. We are called to help make a way to God for others. But now, the way we do this is one, by offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God and two, declaring his praises. As Shane shared in previous weeks, a way of thinking about this is that our calling as priests is to care and to seek. So let's think about that now. How do we care for others as their priests? Throughout the New Testament, we read that because of God's incredible grace towards us, we freely offer spiritual sacrifices. Whatever that phrase means, the very least it means is that our service, our life, or everything we do, our life is to be self sacrificial. It comes at a cost. It means that even as we serve others, there is going to be a costly element to our service. And look, I I am the first to say that uh, we as Christians can be very guilty of trying to be the Lord Himself and serving at such a cost that we can't actually serve very well at all sometimes. We've all done it. Uh, Because we're trying to be the Messiah. We're trying to do everything. But as you wisely consider how you serve others, particularly thinking about 2024... I never want us to lose sight of the fact that at the end of the day, all ministry, all of life, should come at some sort of costly service. If you're finding the ministry you're involved with hard, uh, firstly, please make your ministry leader aware (laughs) so that we can help you. But also, chances are, you're probably doing it right. There is sacrifice involved in serving others. And if there isn't, that, that, that's great. You might be in a season of immense joy. There's a biblical category for that, of just being so rejoicing in gospel work. That's awesome. But also, maybe if there's no sense of sacrifice involved, that this is actually coming at a cost to you, it might not be God you're serving. So one, we care for others as their priests by engaging in sacrificial service to them. But two... We care for others as their priests by declaring God's praises. Church, there are a lot of things in our society that want to be the number one priority. Uh, our society is currently working through a whole bunch of questions. Both individuals are doing that, organizations are doing that. Uh, and, and what this means is that uh, almost every other organization we might become a part of, every other individual that we might become friends with, or every group we might join, Uh, They will all be trying to uh, articulate their purpose, uh, their mission, their values, their priorities. And, And they'll be wanting to shape our purpose, our mission, our values, and our priorities. I'm thinking of h- how ironic it is sometimes, how many organisations have a mission statement, and I'm thinking, I do not think that word means what you think it means? Uh, but in the, like, it seems like that could have been an unpopular word, but that's the word we're going with. I'm thinking of how many influencers or public intellectuals are trying to convince us on, this is the view that you need of humanity, and this is the way that humanity can flourish, and this is what you need to prioritise for that to happen. Not all of, that it, not all of it is bad at, at all. We are called to live complex lives as citizens of both the kingdom of God and citizens on this earth now, trying to figure out with wisdom how best do we live all of life to God's glory. We should be engaged with our society and community. We should embrace things that are in line with God's revealed will. And we have freedom to engage in things where God is silent. But I want to encourage us that as we go about our priestly ministry to our world, our community, our family and friends, to our workplace, as we try to make a way to God for others, keep the declaration of the praises of God as your number one priority. Keep the declaration of the praises of God as your number one priority as his priest. If we don't, if we say that Jesus truly meets our need, that there is nothing better than knowing Jesus, yet our community thinks we prioritise things higher than God himself. If our friends and family see us as more passionate about other things, we run a huge risk that we will lose the credibility of our priestly ministry and the words of the Lord from Ezekiel 34 will be for us. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, you give yourself the best stuff, you enjoy the blessings of God, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. As we wrap up, Jesus shepherds us as our priest, So let us shepherd others as their priests. Let us search for the lost, let us care for the lost, let us make a way for the lost. Church, we have an incredible story, we have an incredible gospel to tell, we have an incredible high priest who truly meets our need and he calls us into a priestly ministry to serve sacrificially and to declare his praises. As you go through your week this week, as you engage with a whole bunch of different people with different views, opinions, values, priorities and missions, remember that you are God's priest to your world. Keep the declaration of God's praises front and centre. Keep the purpose of making a way to God for others as your number one priority. To finish this morning, how about we declare God's praises together in song. I'm going to pray for us as the band comes up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you have just made a way for us, Lord. We just thank you so much that you are our great high priest and I just pray that you would just, that truth, that you truly meet our need, Lord, that that would just, you would just bury that deep in our hearts, Lord, and that would just uh, spur us on for the rest of our lives. Uh, Father, as we... Um, engage with our world as we seek to live uh, complex lives as people, as as your your priests, Lord, living un- under earthly rule, Lord, as well. I just pray that you would just help us to keep your priorities the priority, Lord. Help us to make the declaration of your praises and seeking after and searching for the lost and number one priority. Amen. Why don't we stand
0: together
1: again as we continue to sing about um, Christ.